chugging along, writing a song when something special comes along. It's a long-winded directionless discussion for conversationalists. You bring the wit, you bring the brains, and we'll talk it over between takes. Welcome back to Between Takes with Opal Entertainment. I'm Aiden Driscoll. And I'm Olivia O'Neill. And today we are joined by my very dear mother, Mrs. Donna Driscoll. Today we are going to be talking about comedy. We will be talking about how comedy keeps us honest, our perspectives on it, and our different tastes of it. So that sounds fun to you. Grab a friend and sit back and enjoy this week's episode of... Between Takes! And it just looks like a screen with like a red button. You hit it? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I just started it, so now it's recording, awesome. right? Okay, yeah, so okay. you should just now set it down in front of you, like, up by, like, if you could put it, like, on somewhere in this, around the screen area so that you're looking right, basically at it. Um, and then, can you clap really quick so we can sync the audio? This is for real? Yeah. <laughs> it does help okay. if you can clap really quick. Thank you very awesome. much. You're welcome. All right. Cool. <laughs> I know it was weird because I was putting headphones on a microphone. Front yard and... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. So we can all hear each other and we're all recording. Okay, welcome to the show, Don. Thanks. Good You're... to be here. Yeah, it's very exciting to have you back. It's been too long. I mean, I talked to you yesterday, but the folks haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, major declarations or, or anything you want to share with the world right off the bat? No, okay. I really don't. No. Okay. <laughs> I love being a grandma. Oh. <laughs> you just had your third grandson, so <laughs> that's a new motivation for you. Have you seen uh, Louis recently? Just that one time oh, at, when okay. he was a day old. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going up uh, Saturday to have day with Charlie, so I'll uh-huh. see him then. Oh, yeah. that'll be nice. Yeah, that'll I'm looking forward to well, it. Well, tell them I say hi. <clears throat> I will. I will. Um, I really like folks at home can't see it, but I just was noticing I miss your little fiber studio. It's a very nice little spot. Um, I like it. We just it. decorated it's very comforting. all our stuff. We put up, finally finished putting up all our instrument stands and pictures and things wow. like that. So That's very cool. Yeah, that's very exciting. Yeah. For a while, Looks we've just nice. had like... Nine ukuleles just, yeah, just kind spread of around the room. about <laughs> on the floor over there. <laughs> it's nice to have them. <laughs> it looks nice and it's like useful that, and we have more. Yeah, yeah I like it. Very, mm-hmm. very nice. <laughs> um, so we brought you on because you're a thoughtful person in all areas of life. Um, but especially when it comes to entertainment, um, again, of many, many different forms. But one of the things that you and I have talked a lot about is comedy and how that just kind of the, the role it has within within people's lives, but then also, you know, literature and storytelling and all that. So one of the things, kind of the springing point that I thought maybe we could start with was this quote I heard from Josh Taylor from the YouTube channel, Blimey Cow, where he said, comedy keeps us honest. Um, and I thought that was really interesting and I thought it stuck with me and I, and I think it makes sense to me and I can kind of articulate and expand on why as we go, but do you have any thoughts on that statement right off the bat? Comedy keeps us honest? I think so. Yeah, I agree with it. I think that's, it's very true. And again, and I'm sure we'll get into this, um, you know, that using what definition of comedy Mm -hmm. we're using, if it's the Northrop Fry structural definition or the more, I don't know, everyday, like funny TV show type things or memes or that kind of thing. But um, I think it does because I think it, it kind of, well... It releases tension, 
I mean, just on the very, very most popular definition of comedy, when we laugh at something, it releases tension that we're holding inside. And I think that, you know, honesty has to come from, uh, from that, um, more, I don't know, vulnerable, accessible, um, release a place that the release can take us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, uh, you know, then in the more kind of classical sense of how comedy has acted through literature and, and so forth. Um, I mean, the first thing, of course, that comes to mind is the jester in front of the king. And that was his purpose, was to mm-hmm. keep the king honest and to keep the, you know, the court and the decisions that were made. And just, yeah, to keep them honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, and again, we'll get into this, I'm sure, but I think as we've seen over the last few years in our country, we have lost that. And that has been mm-hmm. pretty, pretty dismal. That's made for a pretty dismal, you know, political landscape, social landscape, just kind of a not fun place to live for some, you know, yeah. in some ways. <clears throat> yeah. And I think um, it, we, you talked about comedy being, about being vulnerable, right? Releasing the tension coming from a very honest place and all that. And I think we don't, you don't often think of that. And I think we're, I'm, going to shift in just a second but i think it, it it's um comedy and in in almost all forms is reliant on the audience being having an inside joke with themselves that the comedian or the people within the situation are unaware of right um comedy is dependent on the audience being smarter than the subject within within the world that they're talking that they're observing right um and I think, one, there's a lot of comedy that doesn't do that, that doesn't allow for the audience to be smarter, that once it's the, the, the comedy, the comedian or the show or whatever whatever context the comedy is appearing in wants to prove itself in a way. And I think that defeats part of the purpose of comedy. But um, kind of shifting from that, and I think it's kind of along the lines, what is the line of... Because, like, yeah, over the past several years, the country doesn't seem to have a sense of humor but at the same time, there have been rough things going on in the country. So what's the line between like still engaging in comedy and having a sense of humor without just outright making fun of something and belittling its existence? You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess what I would say that I've, and I don't know if this is an answer to your question exactly, but what I've seen, and this of course comes from my vantage point as what I think of the mm-hmm. world. <laughs> <laughs> um is to to see how much comedy has been shut down hmm. and not allowed. Um, and then you have sites like the Babylon Bee, for instance, right. probably the most prominent one that has, uh, has sprung up and I think really become quite popular, not just among conservative, I think just among people who are starting to see that objectively there's just not a lot of funny stuff on TV or right. wherever, you know, there just isn't. Well, just Liv and I were talking the other day about um, comedy, and you you can say something, you know, if you want, but about how um, some people can be like, "Oh, it's a joke," right? And they just use that as an excuse mm. for saying whatever they want, right? Um, yeah. What's yeah. the and and you can do that, and that's a not funny, and b kind of a, an obnoxious thing to do. It's like so, yeah, learning to be like lighthearted in situations because right. I think that's a good thing to like bring you know not a heavy like whatever but things are also important to talk about so maybe that's like that's like a very like small 
yeah sub thing to talk you know yeah but, but again it's just I, something yeah. to like i would I, I think in a way just looking back over the last few years and then the five or so years leading up to it and it wasn't like this definite instance necessarily, but it's like sense of humor has just gone down drastically over the past few years. Before that, it was primarily let's make fun of people. Um, and so I guess just kind of um, because, yeah, t- not taking things too seriously while also understanding the gravity of things. Um, I don't think it's like a hard and fast formula that we're, you know, that anyone specifically is cracked. I think it's, it's, it depends on the style of comedy that you're doing. It depends on who your audience is. It's dependent on a ton of different factors, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And so I guess, I well, mean, I going don't going back. Sorry. No, just going back to what you're saying about the, the audience having some kind of knowledge. Mm. Um, I think audiences are pretty, pretty perceptive and intuitive and they can tell when a comedian, for instance, is making fun of someone out of malice. Right. Because we always, we all have those experiences of being some, somebody says something to us and it, really hurts our feelings and they kind of back out of it like but i was just joking it was just a joke and so they flip it around so you're the one that has to apologize to them Mm. right yeah (laughs) and that and so i think that i think audiences um i think people have a pretty pretty uh, accurate perception when that's happening yeah and i think um well you know like for instance the the television show seinfeld Mm. which was groundbreaking in a lot of different ways but one thing i've read you know it introduced irony to as as an art form it raised irony didn't introduce it but it raised irony to this art form because that was almost the entirety of the show and Mm -hmm. that was the um you know the premise of the whole show and um you know then and that was what in the 80s so it's been quite a few years now and and i think that it's over because we now have these intervening years that it's kind of come under some kind, some fire, you know, for, for the for, irony for, or for the topics. That for the, I think for them, well, there obviously are the topics. Sure. You know, we just don't talk, we don't make the same jokes right. that we made in the eighties and you know, that's good. That's bad. That's whatever. But I think also just because some of it was mean spirited. Sure. And I think people are able to see that now. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that adds anything to the yeah yeah yeah. yeah well, it's interesting because like we know words hold like weight and meaning, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. But it's also sometimes we think of that to the negative side and not think of it to like how much positive it can be with jokes and like, you know, people are afraid to say stuff. You know, right. I would be. Yeah. You know, it's it's like you don't want to say the wrong thing or yeah, even if it's like not meant to be taken super duper like seriously. Does that kind of make sense? I don't know. Yeah. That's just, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think we were constantly on one extreme of the pendulum swing or the other. Right. Um, so, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I know tiny bits and pieces of Seinfeld here and there, so I don't know a ton, but the stuff I do is like either. Yeah. Just kind of embracing the fact, I mean, it was a show about nothing, right. Where it was just mm-hmm. like, these are people just kind of living their lives and they're kind of jerks sometimes. And they have redeeming moments here and there or whatever. Um, and so little bits have either been like, oh, that's a funny situation that would have been funny regardless of, you know, the time period or the people involved or whatever. It's just a funny situation. Or it's, let's look at just how how mundane our lives are and they're poking fun at how mundane our lives are, right? Um, but I think, like, because there's, there's hmm, 
when you, when you, sorry, just to clarify, when you're talking about irony, are you using, because a lot of people use irony and sarcasm synonymously with each other sometimes. Is that what you're talking about when you, in the context of I Seinfeld? I think so. Um, I'm probably talking more about sarcasm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and as I've, wa- I've watched it, rewatched it um, over, you know, just recently, because I watched it in the 80s and was a big fan, but just recently watching it and, and, I'm not saying this is a this is a uh, everybody's experience. It's probably just my own experience mm-hmm. as I'm watching it. But thinking, man, was I that mean spirited back then? Mm-hmm. What yeah. did I do? What did I laugh at? Mm-hmm. Who did I laugh at? You know, what did I accept as funny? And again, it's not like I want to make this big declaration and say, oh, because that's mean spirited, it shouldn't happen. Sure. And they shouldn't have made yeah. Seinfeld. And you know. It's just, uh, you know, so again, I guess that's back to your original quote, comedy keeps us honest. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me question, why did I laugh at that? You know, why did I think it right. was funny to, and I can't think of anything. I mean, there's all, all kinds of different examples on that show. Mm-hmm. None come to mind right now. But um, so in that way, I think it does keep, it's keeping me honest personally. Um, yeah. And I think the over the past decade or so, people in entertainment, I hmm, on one hand it's 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 understandable, but I don't think it's it's the way that we should lean into. But I think they they think oh the general population is a lot stupider than than they have been. You know, attention spans yeah. are shorter. Mm-hmm. They need things to be really spelled out and hammered into their head. They'll accept these things, right? Um, Right. But I think are the general population becoming stupider? I I think at least I, I. It I think it's more of a symptom of, entertainment got stupider, so we just accepted it, and then a generation of people grew up accepting stupid entertainment, so now they're just it's just going downhill. Which then means Hollywood or whoever is saying, well, let's make dumber movies for them because they can't yeah. understand these things. And so I guess I, going back to what you're saying a, a bit ago about, you know, an audience can tell if the comedian is making fun of them or someone or whatever. I think people, I think we need to re-embrace that and say people are smarter than we think they are. People are more generally empathetic than we think they are. Even if you're not recognizing, I sympathize with this person, you're empathetic in terms that you can read the room and go, everything just changed. Everyone's really tense all of a sudden because the comedian crossed a line or something like that, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... And a lot of the times, crossing the line, I would for for most people, is subject matter, right? It's, It's not that, oh, you can't make knock-knock jokes those offend me it's oh you made a knock-knock joke about this thing that i think that is very sensitive to me and i don't want to joke about that right because that specific thing has a lot of gravity within my life and i think that comes down to personal preference like you were saying just a second ago of like oh that was my you know that was my background or whatever but i that doesn't mean i'm going to generalize and say well therefore let's cut that off entirely um Mm -hmm. another avenue of like comedy keeps us honest i was just thinking of is like laughing and sharing like that camaraderie with Mm -hmm. people is our most, one of the most like vulnerable states that you can be in, I think. So it's comedy also to me means silliness. It's like the silliness of things or even watching like Dick Van Dyke. There's like Mm -hmm. funny moments, like uh, what they're saying, but it's also the visual comedy. That's like funny. So Mm -hmm. it's not just what, you know, it's not just smart things that they're saying. We just rewatched Mary Poppins last night. You should watch Mary Poppins again, Don, if you haven't seen it recently. It's so good. (laughs) I know you know it's good, but it's just so good. good. Um, But you know, the one scene where the bank president comes out, you know, Dick Van Dyke as an old man, 
And it's like, uh-huh. that seems funny, but it's not funny because the dialogue is that funny. It's funny because of the physicality of Dick Van Dyke, right? Um, right. And it's not physicality in terms of slapstick. It's physicality in just, you know, him trying to step down one step as an old man keeps, like, <laughs> missing, and then his cane slides, and he accidentally, you know, those kinds of things. It's, like, really yeah. small. They're very small yeah. things, but it's a very funny scene because, of, and I think that's part, if it were just absolute silence watching him do that, it would probably get old a lot faster. But because it's, like, the scene is happening, it's progressing the story, it's continuing to build the characters of uh, Jane Michael and George Banks and like their relationship with each other and this is like a very pivotal moment in the story for them and meanwhile while that is happening we're also having this Dick Van Dyke physicality of being an old man um, yeah yeah and so I guess when you were talking a second ago about like irony I just was going through like what are all like the different types of comedy that I love and one of I think of What's Up Doc very constantly you know this about me um, and I think I love that movie so much because it has like What's Up Doc, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Arrested Development. There are a lot of shows and movies that I think I, I love and I find hilarious because they have so many different types of comedy within them. They have like mm-hmm. play on words. They have very dry delivery. They have characters that are completely oblivious to, the, to what's actually going on. They have physical comedy, all those things. I, this, is, I, this is just theorizing. This isn't like there's a science to it necessarily, but maybe there is. What do you think about physical comedy or wordplay um, or running gags or whatever play into like us enjoying that? You know what I mean? Is there something mm-hmm. specific intellectually, emotionally where we grab onto? I like I I like seeing someone get smacked in the head or something. <laughs> well, I the first thought that came to my mind was that that can be that of all of all the facets of comedy, maybe that's. Quite kind of what's the most personal, mm. you know, personal taste, because right. we've talked about the fact that the Three Stooges just doesn't appeal to like our family, right? And but obviously it appealed to somebody, right? Because we're talking about them, right? You know, <laughs> um, so and and then some people and like Groucho Marx also probably sure. doesn't appeal to people, and whereas mm-hmm. you know it does to us, you know, because of the wordplay, because of the quickness. Right. And all of that. So I guess I'm not sure. I think sometimes, like I'm, in the case of Dick Van Dyke or, you know, um, the silent movie people, I think sometimes it's a little bit like watching an athlete and and just kind of marveling that they're able mm. to, you know, take something that's, you know, comedy, which is kind of an intellectual thing, and put it into their whole bodies. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, <clears throat> move their bodies in such a way that, that we're laughing at them. And, you know, I, I, that's what I would say. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think it's an outlet. So maybe the, the, you know, the Punch and Judy shows with the, you know, that were popular, right. um, but we have our own, um, maybe that's smacking people around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's another, it's, it's another part of, or it's the flip side of why do we watch horror movies or sure. scary right. movies, you know? We want we want an experience that we're probably not going to engage in ourselves. Right. We're not going to go up and just smack somebody in the head, um, <laughs> like that. <Right>. You know, <laughs> with that not. force. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess it. it you know, it all kind of leads to a release, and I and I guess that's. Yeah, I I'd never really thought of comedy. I. Uh, as being, you know, honest in that way. But I, I think that there's something to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's a, 
like Liv was saying, like the one of the more, most like honest, vulnerable experiences we can have is just sharing joy together. You know, yeah. um, people talk a lot about you know grief can also do that, right? I think it's it's just extreme emotions, right? If you, if if two people experience this huge grief together, it'll bring them closer together. It can, right? It has a cap- capability of doing that. I think the same is true with laughter, and I think that's the more generally. That's the more uh, enjoyable, I would say, um, yeah. is for people mm-hmm. to laugh together and realize, oh, we, you know, when I meet someone and, realize, and I make some dry, sarcastic remark and they laugh right away. And I'm like, oh, good. I didn't have to explain my entire sense of humor to you. Laughter is usually, if it's like honest laughter, it's uncontrollable. It's kind right. of like you're mm-hmm. you're just you know, letting it out. So <laughs> yeah. It's like crying, the same type of thing, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think we all have those things that are like not that funny but for some reason they just hit you and you try and tell people and they just do not get it and you're like i don't it, you know no. it wasn't that funny but i was cracking up you know um uh-huh. yeah but the, or you have that experience of of it being funny to two people in a big crowd right mm-hmm. and you know especially like it's always during church or something uh-huh. yeah. and that you're both trying so hard to not to keep it together well along with that so this is a i, I think i can tell this story without um any compromising, any confidentiality. <laughs> I have a, a piano family and the dad over the summer was diagnosed with cancer. And so he's been going through chemotherapy and he's lost his hair. Mm-hmm. So this last Halloween, they dressed up as the, the, there's three kids and the parents and the parents are really into Halloween too. So they always dress up as a group. Mm-hmm. So they were the Adams family. So they had Morticia and instead of who's the dad, what's his oh, name? Gomez. Gomez. The dad was Fester, <laughs> Uncle Fester. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I was talking to him before Halloween, and I said, yeah, last year you guys went, you were Harry Potter themed. And, mm-hmm. you know, the mom was Mrs. was McGonagall, and I don't remember the girls, but mm-hmm. one of the girls said, shoot, if dad would have had cancer last year, he could have gone as Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those moments of me, I just kind of stood there and I, I looked over at the mom and, you know, I'm thinking, this is your, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> Am I allowed but to she laugh? Or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I think, too, where um, comedy or, or in that case, you know, just whatever, mm-hmm. a very private thing. And, you know, they have the permission right. by God, I guess, to <laughs> say that. But besides the fact this was a 10-year-old girl who was saying it. (laughs) But, you know, I could not have said that. Yeah. Oh, shoot, you know. Uh, That would have been really out of line. And I probably wouldn't be teaching a piano anymore. (laughs) That's funny. Anyway, yeah. That's good. Yeah, you might have said it quietly to, like, one of us in the corner. Yeah. I don't know if you would have thought of that necessarily. That's really funny. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah there are so do you think there just to kind of go off of that and tie in a little bit what we we're talking about a bit ago are there certain things that are off certain like topics that are off limits to certain people unless they fit into that camp you know what i mean yeah i do yeah i think so i think so i think there are um it's a little bit like that whole i can criticize my hometown but don't you criticize sure. my hometown or my family yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah i think that's true i think that's true and i think there are boundaries that people need to respect mm-hmm. um yeah i do i think there are obviously topics too that people are not going to they're not going to find funny they're going to find offensive mm-hmm. um and for for those same reasons you know i mean as a christian i'm going to find things that mock christ 
mm-hmm. offensive um, that aren't going to bother maybe other people. Right. So, yeah, I definitely do. Now, whether and then you get into the whole a uh, little bit like the discussion about obscenity and pornography, like if you're going to try to codify it and make it a rule. um that's a whole different discussion. Then, sure. But yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of go there, like as a Christian, there are things, there are jokes that comedians make where you go, oh, that's, well, I, two directions to go. One, let's just, uh, we also make a lot of jokes about primarily Christian culture, right? There's a lot of Christian culture mm-hmm. and especially like Midwest homeschool, Christian homeschool culture, right? That's very funny to us. That's funny to a lot mm-hmm. of people, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of a lot, oh, you're saying you're like my hometown, right? Where it's like I, I'm part of it, I'm a, I'm in it. I can, but I can also step out and say objectively, and that's what we're talking about with being honest, right? And say honestly, though, here's kind of what it looks like, and it's understandable that people would find this weird, and we should laugh at that, and either just continue doing it and don't care, or mm-hmm. p- potentially change it or whatever, right? Yeah, I think comedy is one of those things that it's it's like music, but it's so much more specific than music. You know, people say, you know, music is the universal language. You don't have to understand the language that is being sung to get the emotions behind it or whatever, right? Um, right. To have a vague understanding of what it's communicating. I think comedy is kind of like that in that if, it, like, I mean, I, again, if I'm in a group of large people, uh, not large people. <laughs> <laughs> large I won't take that personally. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm in a large group of people, and someone makes a joke and only and I find it funny and only like four other people find it funny and everyone else gives a blank stare. I'm gonna like, okay, well I'm gonna go talk to those four people once, you know, because we <laughs> seem to have something in common, which is that sense of humor. Um but it's like it is a much more it's different than just someone going up and saying, you know, the Beatles and people talking about that, right? Um because it's not just we can say, oh, you like the Beatles? Yeah, I like the Beatles. Let's talk about what are your favorite songs, yada, 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 and talk about the history or whatever. That's an intellectual discussion, whereas I feel like comedy is an, is like you're actively participating in it, conversation to conversation, which I think makes it more unique and more uh, distinctive person to person, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't necessarily have like a question at the end of that. I just thought that. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what we should have done? We should have prepped a bunch of our favorite jokes. Ah. Well, along that line, not that I'm going to tell a joke, but so here's a question. So I'm not out in the, uh, you know, I teach piano and then I occasionally will type transcripts. So Mm -hmm. I'm not out there in the public, you know, arena. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my students are young enough that we're not exchanging jokes. Sure. So I just wonder, what do you guys do when... um, a joke that you don't find funny is told. Like if someone tells us a joke and it's like, do you fake laugh or do you like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or if it, even if it, you're in a group. So it's not even just directly sure, sure. at you alone, but just um, you're part of a group. If it's like an actual, like, oh, here's a really good joke, guys. And they like hype it up a lot. And it's this whole setup and punchline type thing. I will probably fake laugh a little bit because it's like, you put okay. a lot of effort into this. You really, you really want me to like this. I'll be nice. Um, but if it's one of those, like, Oh, I'm going to, th- Oh, I have a response to what you said. That's kind of funny. I'm going to throw it in. And I think if it doesn't land for me, I'm going to probably say it doesn't land for yeah. me. I think it depends also who's like giving the joke or like sure. saying the joke. Cause if they're like shy and they're just jumping in and sure, they say something, yeah. it's not that funny. I'm going to be like, yeah, like you, mm-hmm. you know, you committed and, 
Right. And you're not necessarily going to say that outward to them, but I'm going to like show my support in by laughing mm-hmm. because like they put themselves out there and try right. to do that. If it's like a joke that I find like offensive or something or it's inappropriate, you sure. know, things like yeah. that. Um, I feel like if it's in a big group, I tend to just kind of ignore. Mm-hmm. I don't really give like a response to things. Or if it's me telling a joke, any <laughs> joke, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aiden, you <laughs> tell jokes every like other sentence also. So I would say. Well, it's I, not, but that's what I was saying a minute ago. It's, like, it's, not, it's not me telling jokes. It's me saying you. something yeah. and being like, maybe this is funny. It's probably so not. So I probably but... don't often like laugh every time because it just is so often. You often don't laugh Wait. every time. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, does that increase the distance between laughs? I don't think you necessarily need cur- extra encouragement to like keep saying the jokes because I think you'll keep doing it. <laughs> but sure. I enjoy it. It's like, it, it's an enjoyable part of your company. Right. We'll be doing stuff and you're telling jokes and I'm like, oh yeah, that's it. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I know that you're being yourself and like doing yeah. whatever. So, but I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily like laugh at every single thing that you say. Right. Yeah. Well, and going back to like your original question, um, I think if, like if one of your students who's under the age of like nine tells you a joke and it's not very funny, it's probably fine to laugh. Mm. But if it's she's over, I say she because you don't mainly have, have little girls, students. If she's over nine, <laughs> you can, you should probably start criticizing because she should probably learn <laughs> okay. like, nah, it's not, it's not landing. You gotta, let's workshop it. Let's find, maybe it's a delivery. Maybe, maybe just memorize a little bit better. So it feels a little bit more Piano fluent. class just turns into like a, a little, comedic, little comedy yeah. lecture. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just give her give her some notes. Right. Yeah. yeah, give her some references. <laughs> like, go home and study this. These. Yeah, that'd be funny. Um, do you yeah. hear one of my yeah, new favorite okay. jokes that I just made up recently, Don? Unless, did you okay. hear the episode sure. that we had We the Least on their second episode? Uh huh. Oh yes, I know. Okay. I think I know which mm. one you mean, Ted. Right. No, not Ted. Ted. Del. <laughs> the Del. <laughs> Del is that the one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. That's a. That has a lot of moving parts. Thanks. That must have taken a while. I not really, honestly. I thought I was like Delmay, like Delmatians, and then I was just like, how can I set up 101 Delmatians? And I did some math, and it confused me for a second because I was like, hang on, let's actually. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, that I was, was a good one. I was pretty proud of that one. Thank they you. They thought that was funny too. Their they reaction did. was. I awesome. was very. No, that's what I was saying. Is like. We met them, and like the second time we met them, it, I was like, oh, I don't have to like, because sometimes when I meet someone, I had to be really obvious. I'm going into my joke voice that I hardly ever use, like past the third time we meet, you know, but like just mm-hmm. so quickly we realized, oh, cool. We all find the same basic things funny. Like that's yeah. a, a right. it took them. Sometimes it'd be like, is he being serious right now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. and that's kind of with you. I like push and make make you think like, is he actually really dumb all of a sudden? What happened? <laughs> Where? Um, do you have any just kind of a personal preference thing? What do you have any favorite I mean, jokes or um, experiences or movies or books or whatever what have you that that crack you up oh well let's see here wordplay is almost always good for me mm-hmm. um yeah I'm, I'm i'm just always i like to i think it's to, to the, the cleverness and the uh, ability of the person that's doing it mm-hmm. to his the, the quickness of mind like robin williams right. you know mm-hmm. was um I think that we've talked about different like sitcoms. I think um I think that that jokes and sitcoms I think there's like a mechanic of them mm-hmm. that can either work or not work. 
And I think that's where the objectivity can come in, where I can see something and I'll just say, like, for instance, arrested development. Mm -hmm. No, no, let's say community. I'll say community. Um, okay. Where I can, I can see the subject matter of a joke might be offensive to me mm. because I just am who I am. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my lived experiences are what they are. Mm -hmm. However, I can see the mechanics of the joke and I can appreciate that was a very well put together joke. Sure. You know, mm, the timing mm -hmm. of it, the callback, if there is one, mm -hmm. the wording, all of that stuff. Um, so sometimes it's just nice to watch something that's that's so well written like that. You know, like mm -hmm. we kind of like we've said about Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. You know, it's hard to find an episode that just falls flat. Right. I'm not sure if there is an entire episode. Um, I think the closest it comes is when it does like the whole the B story that where where it follows Isabel and the Fireside Girls and Pinky and his nemesis. Yeah, I think that might be the yeah. closest where it's like it's still a lot of good jokes, but I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad this was like a one off thing, and then they got back to that. But yes, yes. Sorry, keep going. I'm trying to think of though, when I was a kid, airplane. I would have put airplane right up there mm. with the funniest things ever recorded on film ever. Mm -hmm. And now I watch it and I, I still kind of smile, but mm -hmm. I, you know, I just remember just like belly laugh yeah. out loud and, and trying to catch my breath so I wouldn't miss the next joke. <laughs> so I don't know what that means right? <laughs> because that had a lot of physical jokes. It had a lot of, um, some wordplay. Right. I mean, obviously some, some punning and, and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, I heard yeah. someone say, I actually, I think Josh Taylor and, and Kevin McCreary from the Intertube were talking about this too, about, about airplane. And one of them said something about, it. it's a kind of movie you probably will only want to watch like once every two or three years. If you watched it like very frequently, it would get boring to you pretty quick. But I think yeah. it's a kind of, you remember the, you remember enough of the jokes where like, yeah, that's funny. And then you go back and watch it a couple years later and go, oh, I forgot about all this whole section. This is parts funny or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true, and I think there are those shows, a little bit like The Office, that really do break new ground mm. with the whole mockumentary thing, right. the concept of it. So that's funny in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the content of it is funny mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, yeah, and then other shows like uh, Parks and Rec kind of come up behind it and right. play off of it a little bit. But... Um, so sometimes I think that it's funny for that reason. Airplane, I think, was one of those for me. Hmm. Um, you know, not that just I was the a concept film was so was... funny. Yeah, and it was just so constant. And I think too, maybe the place that it held in, in just the arc hmm. of of movies that were being made, because that was the, a time when all these disaster movies were being made seriously. Right. You know, hmm. sincere. You know, airport, airport two, airport. You know, I don't mm -hmm. have where they were. Poseidon Adventure. You know, every conceivable man-made or act of God kind of disaster. They made a movie about it, mm -hmm. and so in a way, I mean, back to the idea of release. Right. It was nice to see a movie that just said, you know what, those we got to take a break, guys, and we right. just got to, we got, we're taking ourselves yeah. too seriously. Well, that's Liv and I were just talking about that about. Um... Uh, like how music influences culture mm -hmm. and, and things like that. But I think comedy can be yeah. very similar um, where and I think you and I are about, you know, releasing tension that, that kind of a similar thing. It can um, airplane comes out and is like, 
these are kind of overdone. We can probably move on from these now. And part of what it does mm -hmm. is it, it, it takes that setup and you're like, oh, they're going to get caught in a hurricane or something like that. But it's just, no, the food went bad, so the pilots got sick, and so now the plant <laughs> might crash, right? And it's kind of like, that's an absurd setup, but that's like the, uh -huh. what the catalyst for the conflict of the story. Um, and then yeah. like the flashbacks yeah. between him and Elaine, that's her name, right? Uh-huh, right, right. And just that it's, it's just crammed full of the girl right. who's going to get a... A, a kidney transplant or whatever it is right and, yeah. yeah yeah just all the weird yeah. situations and the two um i don't even know if their names the two the the speak jive where yeah. june cleaver comes and then, over uh, and yeah june cleaver of all people is yeah. the one who can can interpret it and talk it back <laughs> i mean and that and just that kind of relies on <laughs> <laughs> and that I think that relies on the audience knowing who that actress is. Right. Yeah. And it's not, it's just not this white, right. you know, white woman. Right. It's June Cleaver. Right. <laughs> the white woman. But I just think like there's something universal enough where it's like, that's funny regardless of the reference. Whereas yeah. there are a lot of jokes that have been made in the past, you know, in movies over the past decade or so that I think aren't as much right. that way where it's like, this is a very specific, very fleeting thing that exists in yeah. right now. And people right now might find it funny, but isn't worth the explanation in the future. Yeah. Well, I think that's where the, the, the writer, um, has to, I think the writer has to take that into account. Mm. Um, you know, I'm thinking of some of the book, uh, Finnegan's Wake and uh, Ulysses by jo James Joyce. Mm, mm -hmm. Lots of Irish history in there. Lots of Irish history. And they published readers to help people get through those books. Really? And yeah. And um, mm -hmm. it's just so, so many allusions that honestly, at least for Finnegan's Wake, I don't think you could understand it without mm. explanation. You know, I haven't heard People will say, oh, yeah, I've read it, and it's a really good book. I question. Sure. <laughs> I question whether they have <laughs> or whether they enjoy it. I heard someone say, um, actually, it was Kevin. Most of my references are from the inner tube these days. Um, but he was talking, he was reading fin uh, Atlas Shrugged, and he was making some mm. joke about, oh, yeah, it's one of the most important pieces of literature. And he was like, I think people just say that because they haven't finished it, and they don't want to say it's bad because, <laughs> you know, it's it's such a long book. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's so important because I read the first eight chapters and realized I'm going to be here for three years. So, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's incredible. You really should read it. And then, like, give me the Cliff Notes review of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just going back, won't just are any other comedy and types or movies or whatever um growing up i had there was this huge um reputation around bringing up baby and the philadelphia story that i i didn't see until just a couple of years ago but i was told like those are two of the funniest movies ever and i finally watched them last year or the year before or something like that and i think they're very funny and they're very funny because of the you know i think they both have Cary grant and katherine hepburn in them and the two of them i think have you know are very funny together. They get the jokes, they get each other. I think the parts are written to their individual strengths, but I didn't find it as funny as like holiday, which is another movie. The two of them are in. Um, mm -hmm. So why were you hyping it up so much? <laughs> I guess that's my question. Uh, well, I guess um, it, I'm not sure. I guess bringing up baby is one that is just, I think it's just kind of nonstop. Sure. It's just, you know, there's just, and it, and it really, mm -hmm. the whole screwball comedy, I think that is the definition of screwball right. comedy. Um, the Philadelphia story, um, I was just talking with Colm the other night because they watched it. Mm -hmm. And it's been a while since I've watched it. And um, 
I think that one is a little bit unique in that it, it has Jimmy Stewart playing a role that isn't a real Jimmy Stewart role. Mm, yeah. It's a it's a little like his character in Rope. It's he's kind of the spoiler almost. Right. Of it instead yeah. of the, you know, the protagonist. Right. So why did we hype it that much? And I didn't want to like cast aspersions on your taste when you watched no, it. No, back no, no. I'm just, long, you know. I think maybe, and I, I guess for especially for Philadelphia story, I don't know that I would have said, oh, it's because it's a historical comedy mm. at all, because I don't really think that it is mm-hmm. that much. I think there are some great lines, and of course, Catherine Hepburn, her delivery, and um, do you like my dress? It's so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so heavy. And then, and then you know, we watch High Society, which is the musical version. Mm-hmm. And updated with Grace Kelly, Frank right. Sinatra, and um, who's the other? Cary Grant, right? No. Uh, Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby, of yeah. course. Bing Crosby, yes. Yeah, you should uh, live. And that's the, you know, part of that appeal is just to see Frank Sinatra and Bing yeah. Crosby together. Right. The two, like, best singers <laughs> yeah. in that half, first half of the 20th century. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess... I guess for me, those two movies are just, again, they go, it's not sound broken record, but they, they're just so well put together. Mm-hmm. And there's just no downtime in them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, it's just really interesting to he- see because I think Hannah, some friends told Hannah about What's Up Doc, and then she like brought it to us. <laughs> and so that was one like I grew, I grew up with. And it's weird, like, that is kind of one of like, the cornerstones of comedy to me, in, in my own taste. Mm. And that is one, I guess, I watched it a bunch when I was young, and then I hadn't seen it in a while, and then just a couple of years ago, watched it again. And I was, like, relieved at, not just, oh, it's as funny as I thought, but, like, I totally forgot about this whole section of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just interesting how, like, my sense of humor evolved and refined subconsciously like i don't think you know musically it's like i want to listen to this type of music because i want to you know i'm not very good at bluegrass guitar i want to listen to a bunch of bluegrass and like study it and see how do they do it or whatever um comedy it's not that way necessarily i'm not going i want to understand more about slapstick comedy so i'm going to watch all the sound old talent movies or whatever it was just I watched an old talent movie and was, let's watch a bunch more of that. That's really fun, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I think there is this, you were talking a while ago about like physical comedy specifically is this kind of, you can have this reaction just to, they actually did that. He actually jumped between buildings, you know, 12 stories up through one window out the other type thing. Um, yeah. And that's like, wow. And you're just laughing out of, oh, that's amazing <laughs> type thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your body, when you just have so much emotion, you either cry or you laugh, right? Where your emotion can be mm-hmm. like, wow, yeah. you know, amazement or awe or whatever. And those are kind of the two reactions is like, I'm going to start crying or I'll start laughing or both. Um, oh, no. But yeah, <laughs> what? I cry, laugh a lot. What are I laugh? I think, yeah, anyway. I think, yeah, of movies made in that era, I think I would say funnier than those two are My Man Godfrey and, well, The Scarlet Pimpernel. Mm. I remember the first time I watched that. That was, I thought that was very funny. I should watch so, that. I should finally see My that. Man Godfrey, Scarlet Pimpernel, oh. and, um, oh, there's a third one. I can't think what I was, what I was thinking. But. Was it Ozzy and Harriet? I think. Oh my God. Oh, it's no. a pretty hilarious show. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never have that hour back that we watched that first 15 minutes of their show. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, um, yeah? Yeah, and I think I do kind of, for both, for both um, Scarlet Pimpernel 
my man Godfrey and, and, a, and a scene of bringing up baby. What I think is funny is when just a completely silly scene is stuck in there. Mm. And it's just almost like, did I just see that? <laughs> did, did they just say what I thought they said? Right. It's just out of nowhere. I think that is, for me, the, the things that I think irrit- can irritate other people you know, mm-hmm. uh, who are watching, right. like what, right. that's what, that's distracting. I like when Liv watched really, really what, uh, What's Up Doc, you talked about how st- how stressed it made you. Or, or Eamon showed it to Mal recently, <laughs> and Mal said like it stressed her out. Um, because mm. it's so like mm-hmm. chaotic, and you're like, everything's going to explode, and everyone's going to die type thing. <laughs> Which is fun and stuff, too. I think yeah. right. part of the comedy that I'm more drawn to would be like, um, it's a story that happens to have like, uh, what's up, Doc? Feels like this is the purpose, right? And that's cool. Mm-hmm. But they're like pointing out, like we're making really awesome jokes, and we're like doing all these crazy. The the uh, filmmakers, not the character. Yeah. The characters are completely oblivious yeah. to the fact that this is comedic at all. But the, we know that yeah. it's like over the top, right? Where uh, your comedy is of... more. I mean, I think we were talking about this the other day about like about like villains and stories. A lot of your favorite stories are the ones where the villain is more of a just internal conflict within someone right i think i would mm. from from mm-hmm. your favorite movies you've talked about the comedy is much more incidental and yeah. it's not to say like you don't like funny things yeah it's just, it's just you don't like here's funniness thrown yeah, at you necessarily i mean that's not my favorite sure. but i still like appreciate like i watch what's up doc and i'm like that is amazing like <sighs> so how they fun. did all that and just the idea of like writing the jokes when you whenever you just quote them i'm like that's super funny that's a great but job. like yeah, yeah when i'm watching it i'm 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 not able to like settle into the story because I'm paying attention to what all they're doing. Sure. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. And I think the, the, you take the story of what's up doc or my man Godfrey and it's like, Oh yeah, basically straightforward rom-com. Right. Um, but it's the, yeah, but we're going to throw in a scene where this, these, this millionaire family, one of the characters is pretending to be a gorilla and climbing all around the living room. And one of them's crying and one of them's getting drunk, you know, and that's part of it. Or what's up doc. We're going to throw a car mm-hmm. chase into the middle of it. Those kinds of things where it's like, like you just said, like you kind of, you, you it finishes and you're like, was that scene actually in there or <laughs> what happened? Did I hallucinate something? But yeah, yeah. I love those well, scenes where that- it's like you, if you would see that movie and you, if you'd see and like my man Godfrey, the scene where Carlos pretends to be a gorilla, um, if you just saw that one scene in isolation and then it was like, okay, so what's the rest of the movie about? You would probably come up with something entirely different because it is such a random, we're going to hard left mm-hmm. into this scene, totally make fun of all that and then just go back to the normal thing, right? Sorry, what were you going to say? Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to say, yeah, that um, I that response to, um, well, I remember Aunt Julie did not like bringing a baby. It, it right. was that same, she had that same reaction. Mm-hmm. It was just too, made her too tense. There's right. too much going on and... You know, and I think I have I have that reaction to um, just to one that I can recall to one part of of a movie. And I think I've mentioned this before in White Christmas, when mm. it seems to be a manufactured conflict. Yeah. And it, it, it frustrates me. Like, mm. why? Where the housekeeper like happens could... to listen into that one tiny yeah. little section of the conversation and then that whole rest of the. Co- yeah. Hmm. And I can appreciate why they did that. Right. Because they had to progress the plot right but um to me it 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 just always felt very frustrating it's the only part yes it's it's i think the it could have played out the same way if there was just a slightly different way for that conflict to be sprouted Mm -hmm. i think the rest of the story could have been just the same but just because that was the part where it's like takes you out of the story right because it's it's one of there there are those what's up doc is one of those things where it's like the 
there's so many conflicts where it's like if these people actually like behaved like humans and had a conversation, they would realize, oh, never mind, and the movie would be eight minutes long. But then there's stories like What's Up Doc where it's like the whole conflict is that none of them are aware of anything. You know, they're completely mm-hmm. oblivious to the fact that there are four identical bags that all, you know, drastically different things in them. Um, and there's people after all yes. of them. Um, and they're all completely oblivious. And that's, I think, a part of like what um, Arrested Development that I love so much is the fact that most of the characters are completely oblivious to what's going on. Maybe that's what I find so mm-hmm. funny. And that's what I was talking about, like the audience being smarter is like, I know that Tobias and Job are idiots. I know that what they're doing is completely mm-hmm. stupid and it's not going to play out how they think. And part of what's so funny is seeing Job get more and more excited and arrogant in the stupid idea that he's pursuing. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's very interesting. Liv, do you have any favorite comedies or jokes or anything? Well, I was just thinking, I enjoy, so I don't, haven't watched The Office all the way through, I haven't watched mm. Parks and Rec or anything, but sometimes I'll watch like bloopers of yeah. them or like see the play scene by like the real scene and then the blooper scene. Right. And I find that funny. I think it's just seeing people mess up is funny to mm-hmm. like, or just how they react to themselves messing up. And I funny. think, and that's, I, I think going back mm-hmm. again to you just participating in the joy and laughter yeah. of people, you know, and yeah. I think that's a, yeah. Sorry, yeah. what were you going to say? I think I enjoy movies. I don't like watching shows that are just purely like a drama. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy having yeah. comedy in them, but mm-hmm. I can't think of a specific like favorite top. Do you have, so is What's Up Doc your fa- like top comedy? I don't know. It's right up there. I think yeah. What's Up Doc, when you mentioned, I forgot about My Man Godfrey for a second. Um, there are a bunch I could go through, but I think What's Up Doc is one of those that that has like I don't know. It's again, What's Up Doc, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Arrested Development are are those types of uh, comedy where it's like all these all these different types of comedy all being blended together so perfectly, so seamlessly the characters completely understand and embody the different styles of comedy that 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 they are. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I don't know. I guess What's Up Talk is a, is a great go-to and I think that's one where I think I don't think I'll ever get tired of watching it and it's just so quotable and so fun. <laughs> it's 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 great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Don, you have any closing thoughts on the matter? No, I just think it does feel good to laugh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's it, it, it I, I just think, agree with that statement. It does keep us honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially when we can laugh at ourselves because that's, again, that's what comedians are good at doing. Yeah. Um, and good comedians, they're laughing at themselves. We're all doing it together. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that because I think it brings us to examine ourselves mm-hmm. and anything we can do to shake ourselves up out of our complacency and out of our, uh, you know, dogmatic uh, patterns of life right. is good. Yep. Good thoughts. <laughs> Let's call it there. Well, thanks for being on the show, Don. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. We'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Between Takes. Between Takes.